Live from the Dragon's Lair in the Kalispell, Montana headquarters of Falcor Defense, this is Behind the Flame. We want to welcome you guys to today's episode. We have an awesome program uh, planned for you guys. We want to thank our sponsors off the bat. We have Kenzie's Optics, 221B Tactical, Bang Energy, Mark Bell Slingshot, Taurus USA, and of course, Chick-fil-A Kalispell. Folks, this episode is uh, also featuring the launch of our new website, which is the hub for all things Behind the Flame. You can view every episode there, profiles on all our guests, as well as click on links to every single distribution channel which, we, which you can listen to or view Behind the Flame from Falcor Defense. Uh, also, of course, if you guys were following us on social media, you will see that today's episode, we are doing an epic giveaway uh, to honor our guest, Tony, here today. We're giving away the standard. The standard rifle from Falcor Defense is the giveaway prize today, as well as a couple swag items from uh, Real World Tactical. Correct, Tony? Yes. All right, guys. So to enter that uh, giveaway, I'm going to give you guys some details here. There's a little couple things that are different, so listen up. If you check out our latest post on the Falcor underscore defense Instagram, you will see the instructions to be entered for the giveaway. First off, you will need to be watching us on the show today. That's the first thing. Be watching the show. Comment on that post. And on Real World Tactical's latest post, tag a friend and repost our Instagram post on your page using the hashtag, hashtag Tony Standard. Leave us a review on the iTunes page with your Instagram handle in it, and good luck. Let me hand it over to our uh, wonderful host for the show today, John Bartolo. That was good, Sam. Thanks. I'm a little nervous. I know. <laughs> but you've been building your Lego models. You're doing better. Yeah. You're controlled. I, I You're bought controlling an X-Wing fighter yesterday. X-Wing fighter. I saw. Yeah. That was so, your 75... Rent in the last 35 seconds. That was pretty good. That was the was best good. one out of them. Yeah. Nice. That's good. <laughs> so we'll go around the horn like we always do. Uh, I want to thank D. Mitchell Designs for producing and helping uh, get everything up and running. He did a fantastic job on the website, as Sam alluded to, so don't forget to check out BehindTheFlame.com. BehindTheFlame.com, yeah. Special, Special thanks, thanks to Scummins for that intro. Uh, thank you, Scummins. You did an awesome job. You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Haley J. Photo is in here. She's not wearing the Freddy Krueger pants, but she does have the shawl on today. She looks very motherly. I want to thank uh, Austin Web Designs. He's holding the camera today, a little, little close up. He's helping us with the graphics and everything, and uh, he's going to be on YouTube answering any questions you have as they come in. And of course, uh, ownership. Can't thank Melinda and Jason enough. They pay the bills, they keep the lights on, and they allow us to do this broadcast. So thank you, Melinda and Jason Sanju, for the, for the, uh, for the opportunity. We also have a special guest. Derek's dad's in the building. Hooray! Yeah. So, uh, I want to thank everyone, and we have a special guest today. Today is really special. He's been uh, uh, the face of the company for a little while now. Uh, one of the guys we lean on for advice, for input, for everything in between. Uh, he's a personal friend of mine. We're going to get deep into stuff that probably no other podcast has covered. It's going to... It's safe to say, touch on a, a lot of personal things and the personal journey and everything we've been through together and some other things. So I'm excited about it. He's seen the building. He's obviously shot the rifle, and he's been a part of the team for a while. We have Mr. Real World Tactical, Tony Sentmanot, in the building. Hello, hello, hello. What, what? What? Hello. So we're going to dive right in like we always do. Uh, Tony's here. He's kind of, you know, traveling, doing a million things. We're going to get right into it. It's been How a while. Are you up, John? I always you want me to sit. You're making me nervous. You want me to sit? Yeah, sit down. He sit wants down. me to sit. Sit down. I'm going to say, Austin, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit. I'm making sit. Tony nervous. Sit. Okay. Adjust the camera, Austin. He, he, I don't think he wants me to look tall. I'm out angling him. Yeah. That's true. I'm out angling him. I don't like that at all. 
Uh, we're gonna, now we're both sitting. I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Do I, do I sit up? Sit oh up. Should I sit up? Okay, there we go. Don't right. overthink it, dude. You're so right. We're going to dive right in. John cannot, cannot out angle me on this podcast. Never. Absolutely not. That could never happen. <laughs> so, oh my God, this is going to be a fucking two and a half hour episode today. <laughs> so, thank you for coming. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. It's a little cold in Montana, but I'll deal with it for today. Just for you. <laughs> so, I want to dive right in. Let's start before me. Before BJ, you. before John. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Tell, ask me something. Let's go all the way back to the kid in the karate photo. How did you get here and how did you become real world tactical? <laughs> How did I become real-world tactical? Um, pretty simple. I was a law enforcement officer for 15 years. In 2014, I decided to open up a firearms training company, hence the name Real-World Tactical. Uh, I wanted to be as realistic as possible, um, hence the, re the name Real-World Tactical. Uh, and I started it part-time. I started teaching on the weekends. Uh, I was a law enforcement trainer for, for many years, and I wanted to start teaching civilians. I... Towards the end of my career, or I would say after about maybe about 10 years on, I, I, get, I got tired of going to the scenes and just seeing a lot of people being victims. Uh, I got tired of seeing the older, the older 50 and 60-year-old individuals getting pistol whipped, getting shot at or getting shot or getting robbed or getting mugged. Um, so I kind of wanted to, to make a difference in, in a few people's lives by teaching and, and teaching them what I've learned from my experience and my knowledge as a law enforcement officer and, and a, you know, a veteran. So I started teaching uh, part-time, and that's how Real World started on, uh, I could say, social media, you could say. Mm -hmm. Hence the name Real World Tactile. By name, that's, that is not my name. My name is Tony Sentmanat. For all of you that do not know and think I'm just, I know, I guess everybody <laughs> thinks I'm the tactical guy or something. So we got the picture, <laughs> we got the picture coming up. A lot of people don't, don't realize some of your background even before the Marine Corps and some of the things you participated in and were involved I got, in. I, really, I, I don't like that picture very much. That's a, I like you don't? it. You, no. you look like you're Bro, eight feet look in the how, air. Look how fucking big my toes are. <laughs> Do you see the size of my damn toes? Look at that shit. I, like, I think I, at that age, I already had a size foot 12. But I swear. We we both know it's not a twelve because we've we had a shoe incident. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was actually a good actually that was probably my seventy-fifth time in the air doing that jump because it was a picture that they were trying to get just perfectly of me doing that. So it was actually that was a pretty sloppy uh uh flying sidekick we would call that. I don't even remember what belt I was at that time. That was when I first started. It looks like uh, red chain belt. Chain belt. Yeah, I was uh, I was probably I don't know maybe like uh, twelve. Yeah, maybe like ten. I was probably like 10, 10 years old at the time. A young Tony. Yeah, I know, I know. I was kicking and punching before I could even ride a bike, man. I swear. It was yeah, fun. but those toes though. I know. I know those toes were vicious, brother. So back then there was some kicking and punching and uh, and and stuff, and then there was the Marine Corps in there. Yeah. Uh, four years Marine Corps. Yeah. Uh, after I got out of high school, I went into the Marine Corps. Did four years in the Marines. Uh, uh, I was uh, signed up as an 0311 uh, infantry grunt, got detached to security forces my first two years, and then went to Paris Island to become a primary marksmanship instructor. And at that time, they were just starting, this was in 2000, 2000 when I went in, they were just starting the, the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program or the McMap Program. Uh, and then I became a McMap instructor before I got out. Sam, you were Paris Island, right? Yep, Paris Island too. 
Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Back then, <laughs> there were no ACOGs and none of that. It was yeah, iron, iron sights. Iron sights, man. M16A2 yeah. and M16 iron sights. M16A2 iron sights. I was one of the last guys, though. I was 2006. Yeah. I was one of the last dudes. My brother went to boot camp in 08. Well, when I, the, in 2006, but you already had digitals back then, right? The digital cameras? Yeah, we had the digital cameras. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was in, there was no digital cameras. They were just phasing that in. Um, <laughs> as I was leaving, so I still had the cami, nice. that regular camouflage. That's how this is what happens when you two Marines start talking about this kind of shit. Is it's always just like, Well, I was in before they yeah, that, that's, here, that's what it was. Like back you know, what was another thing too they phased out while I was in? Um, the brown shirts, really? Remember the brown oh, under, shit. yeah, yeah they, I was that, I was way, yeah, they. That. And green, in the Marine always Corps, green. I think that that that, that phase got phased out in '99. Is uh, they went from you used to be able to wear brown shirts or green shirts, and then they phased out the brown shirts completely, and now it's, yeah. it's all green undershirts. That's wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> salty, salty, salt, salty, salt. So Ooh, you lo- I mean, I know you know we you don't get too into the the, the military stuff. Uh, uh, you touch on it, but uh, that was an important time for you. Um, yeah, it, it it definitely. I needed to get away from Miami. Is what it was, and uh, it definitely made me a man pretty quick. You know, it it, it does uh, give you a lot of discipline, and and uh, it did help me. I think it in in my life it helped. You know, I, I never one thing that is very important that I, I always tell people I never deployed. I got out no two. I was on the ranges as a PMI instructor when 9/11 hit, when the twin towers got hit, and actually my platoon that I was teaching half my more than half my platoon was from New York. So that, I took a big hit on that, and um, uh, I ended up getting out of 02 just because it was a hard choice. But um, they were kind of, uh, I mean, the Marine Corps was kind of screwing me over. Since I was already in Paris Island, they, they were forcing me to do my B billet, which is either become a, uh, it was either become a drill instructor or a recruiter. So they were pretty much telling me I wasn't going to be deployed. And, um, you know, all of my buddies and all my friends at that time were going to be deployed. So I kind of, like, chose That's to get rough, out. Man. That sucks. Yeah. That's Marine Corps for like you. A lot, of, a lot of folks don't realize that the Marine Corps, it was probably right before you getting ready to re-enlist or consider that, that next step in your career, and you have to do one of those recruiting mm-hmm. or drill instructor or MSG or something like that. And They don't give you a choice. They don't give you a choice. They don't. They don't. You know, and you yeah. would have spent your entire next enlistment doing that instead of, you know. Being at war with yeah. your fr- with your buddies. Mm-hmm. So I, I made a choice. You know, and everything happens for a reason yeah. at the end of the day. Do you feel like your life before the Marine Corps was going on a certain direction, and then after that kind of influenced you to go in the direction that you are you know, end up where you are now, kind of? Or? Um, That's a good question. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I knew that I wasn't a college person. Yeah. Uh, I had a problem staying awake during school. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I've always been, uh, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I've always been an on-the-job training kind of guy. So I learned through doing, not uh, listening. And uh, I knew school for me was just, it was just not going to happen. So I decided to do the Marine Corps. Uh, I figured... You know, what's the hardest branch? And the Marines was always, at that time, the most respected and the hardest branch. So I said, hey, you know what? Let's go into the Marines. Let's do it. Yeah, Bruce was saying he was sold on the marketing. <laughs> he was sold on the marketing. Yeah. Dude, I mean, come on. The commercials back in the day were like the guy going through the freaking maze, fighting a dragon with a flaming sword. No, yeah, Who yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to be a part of yeah, that? Yeah, they come had on. a great, a great commercial back in the day. Great yeah. one. And then the Army came out, and it, their commercial's better now. I think they're commercial. You don't know? Oh, I, well, I'm telling you. The Controversial. Right you're getting some being honest. on social media for that. You're I'm, just, be, I'm just being honest. That's my opinion. I think the Army commercial is better now. You know, they have 
the water. I mean, it's a bigger budget, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're, the, the best part I've seen about Army ads are the uh, the prior service ads. So they're trying to get dudes from prior service to come back. Oh, yeah, and yeah. They're yeah. like, sometimes the best soldier for the job is a Marine. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. So moving on. On to the next subject. Oh, sorry, John. Next. <laughs> no, no. Look, hey. Hey, right, Sam. This falls under stay in your lane, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, perfect. Uh, but no, that's that's you know that shapes who you are, and a common theme we hear all the time is it grows you up real fast. Yeah. You know, being being in any any type of formal environment like that's gonna gonna grow you up real quick. So then you get into law enforcement. Yes. And uh, what was that eighteen years? Uh, actually, I did 15 years, 15 years law enforcement. In different capacities. So, yes, yes. You know, that's that's wild. And, and you always talk about, you know, the operations and things you've done. And I think everybody, you know, we were talking about this earlier, forgets how long you were really involved in that world and, and how crazy it was. Without getting too specific, just to give people an idea, you were in a very, you know, like you, you used to say, a, a gateway town, you know, right right in Miami's hub. And there was just a lot of shit there in plain English. Yeah, um, I was based out of um, Miami-Dade County. Uh, everybody knows the crime rate in Miami-Dade County is through the roof. It's always, it's always been pretty bad. When I got on, I got on in 03. Um, it was the wild, wild west over there. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, I was based out of city of Hialeah, which, which I hardly ever say that, by the way. I know. That's yeah. why I didn't bring it up. Yeah, I hardly ever say that. Um, City of Hialeah is the fifth largest city um, in all of the state of Florida, I believe. I think they're fifth, either fourth or fifth. Um, they are the top three cities in Miami-Dade County. You have, uh, obviously, Miami-Dade County, then City of Miami, then City of Hialeah. Uh, I would say they're probably three cities. And then City of Hialeah, what a lot of people don't realize, it's the heart of Miami-Dade County. So it's literally in the middle of all of the main bad neighborhoods and stuff. So we get all the funneled in crime from every everywhere else. All know. the good stuff. It's yeah, all the good stuff. So is it's pretty it's, busy. Is it safe to say it's a shithole? Um I wouldn't say Hialeah per se is a shithole. It has it's there's it's got shitty pot, people. Yeah. No, not shitty people, man. It, it's it's predominantly Hispanic. Uh it's just that it's surrounded by all the bad. So all the bad come in and then go back to their neighborhoods, you know? It's it's just happens to be in the wrong you know right in the in the heart you know and mm. that just and there's only certain ways in and certain ways out so they just you, you know they they they'll get through those avenues and come in and out of the city and it's probably safe to say that the criminals and the element you're dealing with is is pretty sophisticated you're dealing with a whole different animal down there because of the drug element and because of the the way the drugs come in and and just all of it in between you know you're dealing with the cartels you're dealing with different types of people, gangs, you're dealing with di things that are just, it's a different community. It's a more, I, I want to say, uh, accelerated criminal element would be safe to say. Um, well, back then, the, the, the robberies were out of control. I remember that, uh, home invasions, robberies. The gangs, I don't want to say the gangs are as bad as like L.A. You know, uh, the gangs were really bad in the 90s when I was growing up. Mm. The gangs were really, really bad. Um, it it kind of died down a little bit in the, in the mid-2000s. But the drugs is just rampant, bro. I mean, cocaine, heroin, crack. All the uh, they have the the flaca. They had, you know, all these hardcore drugs. Oh, crystal meth, crocodile. Uh, yeah, crocodile. a little bit of everything over there, you know. Yeah, bath salts. We had that incident of where the guy was eating another guy's face. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, Actually, yeah, that was yeah. Miami. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, that was out of city of Miami. 
Tell, you know, <laughs> it's tough because Tony and I have such a personal relationship. There's so many personal stories we've shared without getting too into one. Uh, I know Sam's a big motorcycle rider. He's got a great motorcycle story. <laughs> can you oh, talk? Man, can you tell? I, I just oh. want to tell this one. We got to tell story. one one story about, you know, people uh, – uh, what I'll get into, you know, crazy. And mine, the story that you know, which one, the one, I'm, the the clothesline, that the, that in the face, no, <laughs> the face on the windshield. Oh, okay. Um, so Sam was recently involved in a slight motorcycle incident. So my mom could be watching this. Don't yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I had two. I'm fine. I'm still walking. Got all my parts. You know, well, this just gives people insight into what you see on the job. Sure. And this is this is. There was just one. Uh, uh, there was a couple incidents. There's one incident that I had. Um, I was actually the first arriving officer on scene where a guy was doing, he was catwalking down an avenue next to a, sh uh, a school. Uh, but he was probably going about 60, 70 plus, uh, catwalking all the way through. Older lady doesn't see him, makes a left turn in front of the guy. The guy has no helmet, has nothing. I mean, he's just straight, you know, okay. just bare. He, he's able to drop the bike right before he makes impact with the car and his face literally hits the windshield going about 70 plus miles an hour. Hits the windshield, comes, and then it, the car throws him another 40 or 50 feet in the air. As he hits the windshield, he flips over in the car. So when I get there, um, there was already a, a person on scene, and they had his face covered with a shirt. It was full of blood. Um, and I, I, was, I had to make sure the guy's airway was clear and all that. You know, I had to start doing some first responder stuff and yeah. see where the guy was at in regards uh, towards trauma. So when I... Um, I took the shirt off the guy's face. Um, I can only imagine. No, nah, yeah. The guy, he looked like the Hellraiser. Straight up like the Hellraiser. You said he left his face on the windshield. The, the whole entire face. Yeah. He literally oh, left man. his whole face on the windshield. And the guy was uh, unconscious at the time. So when I saw that and I saw how bad his face was, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I obviously covered him up. I left his mouth open. He still had a pulse. He was still breathing, but he was completely unconscious at the time. Uh, fire rescue got there. And then he actually came through. Um, Probably within a minute, minute and a half, he came back through. He was still alive. A uh, couple broken bones, and his face was completely mangled. You know, stress. You know, his whole face was. I wear, his, I wear, his I wear face, a full face helmet. Yeah, his, his literally his whole face was on that windshield. I mean, hair, lips, you name it. It was just left there. So, so that was one that I had, and then I had another one where it was a stolen motorcycle that me and my buddy were were um, tracking, uh, and we were trying to catch up to it, trying to catch up to it, and he made a wrong turn. He ended up on a in a dead end. And um, I got off my car. He had an 18-wheeler to my right side. And I pull up, and I'm looking for the guy. I thought the guy had bailed out of the bike um, and took off running. So I was actually looking for the bike on the floor. Didn't see anything. And I actually see the guy on the bike. He's making a U-turn now, coming back at me. And um, I, obviously, I came a whole bunch of commands to stop, stop, get off the bike. You know, he didn't listen. So he tried to run me over with the bike. And uh, when he did that, I moved off to, to one of the sides, and I ended up clotheslining the guy. <laughs> and the guy ended up uh, <laughs> flying up in the air, came back down on the floor, bike went up in the air as well, you know. And uh, then I ended up handcuffing him. Wait, you deal. snatched a guy riding a motorcycle at you out the air. Yeah. <laughs> you did. I can, like, I'm imagining this. Like, I'm imagining yeah. hoping like. Gah! No, it was, it was um, at that moment uh, when it happened, I didn't really, I just wanted to grab the guy, like, you know, just yeah. get the guy off the bike. You know, it was my biggest thing. But when he came at me so fast. I, I just didn't, I, I reacted that way. You know, I just reacted to grab the guy and I ended up clotheslining him and he came off the bike. And it was all, it was, uh, I remember it was all caught on video. 
It was on the dash it was, cam? It, no, it was actually from a video from one of the warehouses. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, we were able to get the video and everything. And, and it was a stolen bike. You know, it was sure. confirmed stolen bike already. It was, you know, and the guy was suspended at how many times or whatever. And all that. So, Probably had seven warrants and it was still yeah, your fault. Yeah, he was. No, he <laughs> did. He had a, yeah, I think he had, he had two bench warrants at the time, too, as well. So, yeah, he was running for a reason, you know. So, to all my motorcycle riders out there. Don't run from Tony. Don't run from Tony. Yeah. I lost a lot. Listen, the motorcycles in Miami, man, it's crazy. They do the, you know, when they do those, uh, the dirt bike runs and but, the ATV runs. Oh yeah, all those kids like riding all over the 50 highway. 50 or 60. Yeah, yeah, but it's nuts. You don't even. But to everybody out, out there, the, the job does take its toll on you. And Tony shared a lot of stories with me through the years, particularly one about a woman and, uh, and a few others that it, it just, it takes its toll on you, you know, over time. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to tell the one about the woman, but you know, the, the people don't realize what you go through on the job that long and the effects it has on you psychologically. And it shapes you to become who you are today. And it definitely has that element. So when people often ask, you know, people shouldn't have to ask why you walk away or what affects you to walk away, especially if you worked in a town like that and saw some of the things that you see over time. Yeah, you have to listen, you have to learn. I always tell people, you know, you have to learn disassociation. You have to disassociate yourself from work and your regular life. Uh, the story he's talking about um, was just this lady that uh, her car broke down on the side of the street um, and she was actually looking into the engine and a car behind her didn't even see that the car was stopped and ran right into her while she was outside of the car looking into the engine and the car uh, got hit so hard that it ran over her. Um, when I got there, there was two guys already trying to jack up the car because she ended up getting caught under the actual tire of the car. Um, and then we were able to get the car enough where I was able to lift up the car, maybe like a couple inches off the ground and with a jack. And I snatched her from under the car. Like I was able to pull her out from under the car. And um, she, her trachea and everything was literally like, it was gone. Like, you know, she was breathing, maybe she was very shallow breathing, maybe once every 20 or 30 seconds, her trachea had, was completely dislodged from her neck, you know? and. Um, I think she ended up passing. Well, I'm pretty sure she ended up. I think she passed probably there before the fire rescue got there. But, uh, you know, you, you, it sucks because there's certain things you can and cannot control as a person. So you do your best to try to save as many people as you can. Or you go to these scenes and you have to make these decisions so quickly. And you do them uh, with the best intention, intentions. And it just doesn't always go out, uh, come out like how you want. You know, I had another guy where he, uh, he hung himself. Um, literally seconds before I got to the house and um, we kicked in the door because I could see him hanging and, and still shaking. Fighting it. Yeah, from, uh, you know, from the window. And um, we go in and then my buddy, uh, I ended up grabbing the guy by his legs and lifting him up. And then my buddy had to literally, he's looking for a knife, grabbed the knife, got into a chair and cut him down. So we started doing CPR. Um, but another thing is trachea had snapped, already had been broken from, I guess, the, the rope. And uh, as I'm doing CPR, I had one of those masks, you know, mm -hmm. those masks that you do mm -hmm. CPR. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up throwing up into the mask while I was doing the CPR on him. While my, was, my buddy was doing compressions, you know, and, and fire rescue got there. He said he was already, you know, he was dead already. Like, he was done. You know, so, you, you, you know, you can't always win, man. You know what I mean? You try yeah. your best. So you, you go to these scenes and it, it kind of sucks, you know. You, you leave there like, man, I, if I would have been here, you second guess yourself. He's like, man, if I would have been here just five more seconds earlier, or a little bit faster, maybe I would have kicked the door a little bit harder, gotten there a little bit quicker, I could have saved this guy's life, you know? So. It's crazy. 
the job is it definitely <clears throat> takes its toll on you, and I don't think people people realize over time the effects it has on you. You know, um, I can't imagine you know going home and having a uh, process some of that stuff it's it's not easy uh, and I'm sure everyone else out there just gained a little bit more insight into into what it's like to do to do the job do you feel uh, staying on law enforcement for a minute do you feel uh, what, what do you think of the the state of police today and how cops are treated and in the environment as a whole it's tough man uh, cops have it really hard right now especially like patrol uniform you know undercover guys and the, and the uh, probably the, the tactical guys that are just always in you see the they don't have it as bad, but definitely patrol cops have it really, really hard now. And probably one of the reasons why I retired out, um, just so much negativity going on with the police officers. And they get so much backlash for um, people, cops that make either stupid mistakes or just have lack of training. Um, you know, and, cause the, and it's not even their fault, it's their department's fault. How would you fix budget it? Budget issues. Training, obviously. You know, just budget issues, you know. there's Obviously, you, you always have, you can go on yourself and train. But, you know, you can't blame a police officer when he's got three kids at home, he works overtime all the time, he's working off duties all the time, he's never home, and then you want him to take days off to go train. You know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, yeah, but I, you know, I make my own time. You know, uh, when you got three or four kids and you got a family you got to feed and, you know, you got mouths to feed, work's a little bit more important than training and making money is more important uh, to make sure there's, you know, food on the table and that, that rent is paid. So it's kind of hard to judge somebody on that fact, you know. I know you miss, you know, we'll touch on this, we'll move on from law enforcement, but I know you miss the brotherhood. Um, you know, you're very tight with a lot of your guys. I know it gets emotional for you guys you were with. Um, and I've met many of them. Is it something that's hard to put behind you? You know, a lot of people struggle with putting certain things behind them. Is it hard to turn that page and find the same relationships and the same bonds? Wow, uh, you'll never find the same bond uh, to those people. You'll never, because uh, you, you go through things with those people that you'll never find anywhere else. Uh, you risk your life with them, you know? Uh, so it's hard to say to find the bond somewhere else. Do I miss them? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm still very close to a lot of my friends. So it's, it's hard because you're not there every day with them. So you miss the, 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 the rapport that you you have with them, the, the operations you do with them. The action. The action, the, the you know, and, and the laughing every day and the, the joking all the time because you're always giving each other a hard time about everything. Um, so that's the part that you miss. Uh, do I miss being a police officer? In today's age, I would say probably not because half of the things that I did as a cop, you couldn't even do it nowadays anyways. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not even, you know, it's, it's no comparison. Yeah. I know a lot of questions are coming in on YouTube. We're going to get to some of you guys, and I know Austin's cataloging a few of those questions, so keep them coming. And uh, don't forget to, to share and tap the, tap the like button and subscribe, guys. But we are going to get to some of your questions. We're just going to get through a few more things here with Tony. So you move on, you know, from law enforcement. You start Real World Tactical, and, um, you know, it had to be, you know, you had to be saying, like, at first, at one point, like, what the fuck am I doing? But at what point... Did you kind of say, you know, and I ask everybody this, okay, like, you know, social media comes in and you're like, I got something. Like, this is something. Okay, this is, this is going to be something. I just don't know. Like, at what point does it hit you like, what I'm doing here is good work and this is going to turn into something? Wow. Um, probably my turning point was when I started doing um, fitness, all the fitness exercises and stuff like that is for MMA and strength conditioning uh, aspect. Uh, I started realizing that people started liking the stuff that I did. Uh, and you took and heat for it. 
Oh, I sure did. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, listen, you're always going to have haters. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll you know, so um, I got heat the first probably year, year and a half of me doing a lot of the stuff that I did. I didn't think anything of it when I first started coming up uh, with it because that's just the way that I trained for many, many years. So it, it was hard for me in the beginning. Uh, I did a video. Uh, it went viral in 2014. I ended up getting a lot of followers from it. I did another video. I ended up getting a lot of followers from it. So I realized that I, I had something with that. Uh, I was inspiring a lot more people than the bash talkers so as long as i was helping more people than i was hurting that was my goal you know if you can uh, change somebody's life or inspire them to do something better with their life and you do and you can affect one life it's it's you know you did your job you and, did and what you were set out to do just touching on social media isn't that what it's all about it's all about you know we're on social media and we talk about it all the time you know posting the best part of your day or whether you're a freaking cooking page and you post the best meal you made that week isn't it all about inspiring people and wanting them to have the best day they can have or do work the hardest that they can or do the best isn't that what it's supposed to be all about instead of putting bullshit out there i mean you know for you i know that that's what it's about but you know i, I don't want to get deep into haters but isn't that what it's supposed to be about yeah but that doesn't it's not always like that <laughs> <laughs> it's not always like that you know uh, everybody has uh, an agenda at the end of the day, you know, some people do it for the right reasons. Some people do it for the wrong reasons. You just have to worry. About, I've learned in this life to worry about yourself. Worry about what you're doing and worry about how you're helping or how you're changing people's lives. Don't worry about anybody else. You know, when you start worrying about other people and what they're doing, then your, your how can I say, your mentality changes. And, right. and you start trying to live pieces of their life when you should be living your own life, you know. Amen. And that's what I try to do as best as I can, you know, in regards to how I'm doing or what I'm doing myself. So then it's maybe, what was it, four, five years ago? Maybe. Yeah, about that. It's probably about five years ago. I think I had, I just started working with Breakthrough and Enforce at the time. Uh, someone says, you know, you got to go check this guy out. He's crazy. And I had trained with a shitload of people. I had been training at SIG and they're like, there's this guy, I forget exactly how it went down. I was, I, at the time I was, I was just starting with breakthrough. I believe, I believe. I remember my timelines I'm getting old now. You're an old, old man. Not, not, not to cut you off. I just saw somebody's, uh, he said, I believe, let me see. I believe, uh, I'm pretty sure Tony's M West was tank. Somebody that's, I'm trying to see that. Where is it? Alpha oh, Omega. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alpha Omega, yeah. Yeah. He, he must paid, have served with me. Yeah, he, he pays attention. <laughs> yeah, he must have served with me because that was my nickname when I was in the Marine Corps was Tank. Yeah. They used oh. to call me Tank. So, I got that nickname mm -hmm. because uh, of a hump we did or uh, a march uh, with packs on, and uh, one of the guys fell out. And um, I ended up carrying his pack and my pack for 24 miles. <laughs> right. During that, uh, that, that was, it was fun. In, in it was a shitty day, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun carrying two packs, I'll tell you that. And, to, and a saw. To you guys on YouTube, keep the questions coming and keep that good stuff coming and keep sharing it and keep pushing it out there because we appreciate it and the questions are all good stuff. Let me give so, a rundown. So what was it? To, what is it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. no you're you're you want to give Four a rundown? Years? I wanted to say yeah, uh, give, give people some giveaway comments yeah, and go stuff ahead. like that because folks are maybe just be joining us or whatnot, but <clears throat> we are giving away a standard rifle. That was had a lot of the design input was heavily influenced by Tony. Can we pause for this? Yeah, sure. We're giving away a rifle. Yeah, we are giving away a gun. A rifle. A rifle. So 
do it. Do the things. I'm going yeah. to do things. I just want to tell people how they <laughs> so, can enter. Yeah. It's yeah. probably the best rifle on our... the market for the price that you're we'll going to get. We'll get to that. Absolutely. We're going to get to that. There you go. But to enter the giveaway for the standard folks, head over to our Instagram page. You will need to be watching the show today. There are currently 55 watching on Facebook, or excuse me, on YouTube, and probably several more a dozen watching on uh, Facebook as well, so you need to head over to our Instagram page, comment on that post, and Real World, Ta Real World Tactical's latest post, rather. Tag a friend and repost the image from our page onto Instagram using the hashtag TonyStandard. We'll Appreciate announce the winner this afternoon. Hashtag and, uh, good Tony standard. Appreciate that, Sam. And uh, thank you to 717 Tactical for saying podcasts are great and that we are inspiring here at Falco. We try to be. So it's maybe this is getting in the story now with Tony and I because I know a lot of people kind of kind of know we're friends and it's it's out there. So about four or five years ago, I forget which companies. I, I believe it was like around the time Enforce and uh, and and Breakthrough where uh, they say go something along the lines. This guy's crazy. Go check him out. And I think you know you we were just getting started. I mean, so I go down to Miami. It's about 150 degrees. Before this uh, ends, just remember this Bartolo break. Yes. Go, continue. We'll get into that. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna, we could have some fun at my expense. So I go down, meet up with Tony. I think we met, we, we met up at Lou's. I meet him. Okay. Go down and do this training. And it was a one-on-one -on -one training. Yes. How many people oh, have had? Yeah. Wait, let me say this. How many people have had a one-on-one -on -one training with you? Not many. I don't do one-on-ones. So not many. If not none. Yeah, exactly. One. 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 <laughs> so I go down and I say, fuck it. I'm going to try anything. I might get killed, but I'm going to try. And I did the same thing with Branch and other guys. You know, fuck it. I'll try. So go down. We do this training. And I get my absolute ass handed to me. My absolute. Pin, pin, pin it. Yeah, pin it. Pin it on there and everything. So he gets his ass handed to him because he's weighing 265 pounds. Uh, and his cardio is complete shit at the time because he's a bodybuilder. He's not a, uh, a cardio guy. So we did some striking. We did a couple of, you know, just basic stuff. And he is originally from Nothing New Hampshire. Nothing was basic. It was all basic fundamentals, okay, 100%. And uh, he ends up coming, and he's not used to the weather. And, and I explained to him before he came, I go, listen, Make sure you drink water. It's hot here in Miami, Florida. The humidity is really, really bad. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. You know, I, I got this. It's easy. Yeah, I'm like, okay, all right. Next thing you know, 30 minutes into the training, uh, Mr. John Bartolo over here is inside a freaking car with the AC full blast about to freaking die, okay, because he did not properly prepare for his freaking day training with me, which that was a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. So, what, let me get something straight. There's nothing normal about Tony's training. It's intense. So it was an intense day. We were out there, and I, I took a beating. I'm fair enough to admit. I can admit it. I own it. I took a beating. There was a break involved. I didn't throw up. <laughs> I didn't throw up. I didn't quit, but in my defense, I was about 260 pounds. I was coming off a few years of powerlifting. I was heavy. I was easily 255, easily. In fact, I might out-angled you in a few photos back then. I ain't going to lie. You were big. You were a lot Yeah, you were bigger than I was at the time. I was probably 235 at the time. I was leaner, a lot, lot leaner, too, back then. So 
it was it was a really tough training, and I know we got clips of the the training, but I went through it. I was definitely uh, here. We go. There's a little training clip. I guarantee clip. you that you're gonna want to quit. <laughs> Sometimes the next three days you're gonna want to quit. But I'm not gonna let you. And each and every single one of you guys in here aren't gonna let that person quit either. <laughs> That's how real life is. You're gonna make a choice and it's gonna take seconds to make that choice. Stop, stop it! Fucking awesome teamwork. Outstanding, we fucked up a little bit, but that's okay. Improvise, adapt, and over motherfucking come, you understand? Yeah. Welcome to Real World Tactical. Hey, experience in the Marine Corps, been overseas. This is by far the most realistic training that I've got. What well, best training I've ever had, no doubt. So, I can guarantee so, you that you're going to want to quit. That was a, a little clip, a little snippet from Tony's training. So I go through this training, and 221B Tactical made a couple of good points. He said, but did he ever call you useless, or did you die five times? <laughs> so, <laughs> so neither of those two things happened. It wasn't useless. It was worthless. I, I, worthless. Died, I died once, at least. So... <laughs> So I didn't die five times, so we'll get to that joke. But uh, I remember, you know, we had some dinner. We chatted a bit. And, you know, when we had downtime, we chatted a lot. And there was never any competitiveness between us. There was never any uh, uh, you could do better or whatever. Uh, I was going down there, and I remember going back to the companies and, and at the time. And well, that time it was like, you need to lose 25 pounds. Yeah. No, no. There was, de there was definitely <laughs> That's a lot what I told them. You need to lose 25 there, pounds. There You're was, way too big. There was definitely a lot of homework for me to go home with from a shooting training perspective. And, I, and all I, you know, I had trained with a lot of people, but a lot of it was that extend, touch, press bullshit. And it was, uh, you know, basics and from the holster and academy training and all that. So it was, a, it was simple stuff. Uh, I, I remember going back, calling companies and being like, yo. This motherfucker's for real. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't even know if this shit is legal to do on a range. I'm, I'm serious, too, because this was, this was like the only guy out there doing anything remotely close to this was Pat was fucking around with some shit. And it was, you know, there was nobody doing this stuff. You know, it was hammers. It was fucking tires. It was, you know... Running it was around, actually getting your heart rate it was, up it was, and uh, not fucking with shot yeah, timers. How about it, that one, huh? It was live ammunition. <laughs> yeah. So it was like nobody was doing this stuff. And I remember walking away and I called a few of the companies because I was consulting at the time. And, you know, we're always looking for people to sponsor and faces and this and this and that. Uh, you gained a follower too, Larry. You know, I just went over to follow you. Larry so, Marcisco. Yeah. Marcisco. Shout out. Marcisco. Thank so you, Larry. I remember just, uh, first of all, Tony's probably insulted that you haven't followed him already, you know? Yeah, what the yeah, hell? What dude. the hell? So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things I remember just being like, this dude's for real in this training. This is, I remember, and this isn't, this isn't anything to do with him. I remember, because I had a love for fitness and I had a love for training. I remember saying, you know, this is this is going to be where it's going to go. It was go. an eye opener, for it, sure. you know. And I and I don't like to, you know. I think it's safe to say. And how much how much shit did I catch that first year for that? Huh? So we'll get to that. Yeah. We're going to get to the haters. But uh, you know, I remember just being like, "This is where it's going to go." And I remember just coming back to companies and people like, "I don't know," you know. People are still doing, you know. No offense, to anyone else out there, I won't name names, but people are still doing very basic, you know, bottom of the pyramid stuff. And I'm like, 
fuck that. People want more intense. They want more, you know, legitimate training that puts you in that environment, and that mindset. And I just knew that this was where it was going to go. And it was, you know, one five of the, years later. Well, no, look at well, all the people the, doing it now. Along the way, he and I became uh, very, you know, close friends, brothers in many ways, because we came up through the business. Uh, we went through a lot together in the business. We experienced a lot in the business. We came across a lot of shitbags in the business. Yeah. And That's for sure. Yes. And, I, you know, we started spending more and more time together. I had made the pilgrimage to Miami a few times to train and participate in some of the stuff he had going on and take more classes and kept going back and just kept uh, moving the train forward. And, you know, somewhere along the way, a friendship was formed. And, uh, and there we were. And I think, um, you know, Tony touched on something, the haters you know, there was so many people in the beginning that were like, you know, oh, you lift weights, or you just, it was almost like a mentality like baseball, pitchers can't lift weights, or... No, it was that, you know, that mentality was, was like, that's why I carry a gun. I don't need to do anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, I don't need to learn how to fight, or I don't need, I don't need to learn, uh, I don't need to be physically fit. You know, I have a gun for that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. You're not going to always pull your gun out in everything, every altercation or every conflict that you have in your urban environment. Uh, how about like 80% of them are going to be just hands? hands-on and it's never going to get to your gun and if it does get to your gun you're going to go hands-on first uh reality check real quick mm -hmm. you know so um i caught a lot of hate the first year year and a half of integrating live fire with combatives training and um fitness you know and people would call them filler drills and people would call them all kinds of stuff and after about two or three years when people started realizing that uh this is not the wave of the future but people actually liked it they actually liked being put in that environment. They actually liked getting their heart rate up, and they actually liked uh, it was more realistic for them because that, in reality that's what it's going to be like. Uh, then everybody else started saying, well, it couldn't be that bad. Well, maybe it's not that bad. And then four or five years down the line after that, then a lot of, a lot of these SF guys are coming, come out you know, now, and they're teaching very similar stuff that I was teaching back in 2014. You know? So it, it's, it shows you that when you start a trend or you start something because that's what your belief in you're gonna get backlash you're gonna get haters you're gonna get people who don't believe what you're doing doesn't mean you have to stop it doesn't mean that you have to because people are hating on you because whatever don't worry about the haters don't worry about what anybody is saying do what you got to do for you do what makes you happy and if that's what you believe works it most likely is true and eventually people will get a, you know it's going to come to light and we talked about this in the other room and um There'll be some redundancy, but in the beginning, it bothers you. And I know it bothered Mel in the beginning and, you know, Jason, all of us. We all went through it. It doesn't matter who you are. You, in the beginning, it kind of gets to you. You want to answer every hater. We're all people, you know, and we're it all does people. hurt your feelings yeah. sometimes. You know, fuck you or, you know, you know, whatever. But I asked you this in the other room. Why do you think people hate Oh, uh, and, and like I said, you know, last time, you know, two reasons. One, obviously... Uh, because you're doing better than them, number one, whether it's financially, whether it's, you know... Uh, proceed on, financially. Yeah, proceed financially or successful, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the other one is just, um, I think we, we nailed it down to, like, uh, jealousy in regards to whatever it is that you're doing, they don't think that what you're doing deserves the attention that it's getting, meaning that it's not, it's not perceived to be, it shouldn't be getting that attention or it shouldn't be... Uh, uh, how can I say? What's the best way to say that? Uh, that it's not uh, the best way, you know. It's not deserved. Yeah. It's not deserved. You yeah. didn't earn that. You didn't whatever. earn that. Yeah. So you shouldn't. You shouldn't have the 
the respect or the or the notoriety that that uh, you know that you're getting for it. You know, I'm assuming that would be the only thing. I mean, I've gotten you know stuff before that has no logic or people have left me mm -hmm. voice messages that you heard earlier. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Alpha Omega Kydex says that's BS though. Carrying a gun deserves does not make you 100% safe. Have to be able to use your hands. And and you know, I'll say this 100% Alpha, alpha you're correct. Alpha, you know, I can tell you with certainty and people have heard me say this after training with Tony, I said and Sam's heard me say this, we witnessed the end of the fat, dusty buckle and boot guy that could just get out of a pickup and have a gun and he was all set and that was gonna be the end of it. I have a concealed carry permit so I'll eat Fritos every day. It doesn't work that way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I put the question on here before. Tell me a scenario where you can articulate it in a court of law where even being a shoot fast, I'm just gonna be a shoot fast guy. I'm gonna draw and shoot faster than everyone else in the room where that's gonna make sense. But, you know, we'll get to that and Tony's thoughts on some of that stuff, but, um, you know, it's it's so hard when you're trying to put inspiring stuff out there and you have legitimate good intentions to deal and process some of the hate out there and some of the people but i think that a lot of people don't realize that you do have the best of intentions and you do want to do what's best for the community and you do want to put the best vibes out there but people still come at you with bullshit yeah. and it's not going to go anywhere and you have to have a turning point in your mind where it's like Okay, and I've witnessed it, and, and Mel, I've witnessed it everywhere where it's just like, I am who I am, you know what? Fuck it. And that's you, what I, you know, and that's one of the things And I leave the I comments say. up, in the beginning you start deleting them, but then you just leave them. Yeah, you know, it, it, I said that in the beginning, it's like, no matter what you do, or how you do it, someone's always going to criticize whatever it is that you do. It don't matter what it is, whether it's right, wrong, or whether it's green. If you, if you, if you do something green, someone's going to say, well, it should have been purple. If you do something with the right hand, someone's going to say, you should have done it with the left hand. Because they're always going to have their own opinion on, on based on what you, whatever you did. So why not just do whatever the hell you want to do? Do it however you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Uh, and, and whatever makes you happy. And I tell that to everybody. I said, forget about tactical, forget about fitness, forget about whatever it is. Do something that makes you happy in this world. Mm -hmm. If you're working for somebody, if you're working for a job for somebody and you're not happy, you're going to have to make a choice eventually or you're going to be miserable for the rest of your damn life. You know what I'm saying? Make that choice sacrifice whatever you have to sacrifice and go for it you're going to have to risk at the end of the day you're going to have to risk but at least you know what you're not going to be 75 years old lived 60 years miserable lived your last years uh, as an old man in a home and then regretting back in your 30s when you should have made that choice that you can't make now i'm not going in a home i'd have you kill me before <laughs> but but uh, you know i think i'll say this and we'll close the book on on some haters you know I think there's a lot of jealousy in it. I think there's a lot of that. And, but I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of those people are just unhappy in their own life and they have that why not yeah. me, like I've said a hundred times. So I think it just is what it is. You have to accept the fact and turn the page in your mind and just accept that some people aren't going aren't gonna to support what it is that you're doing, you know, and they should just hit unfollow or they should just not participate. Yeah. But why they continuously, there's a motive when they continuously barrage. Listen, you know, it's bad when there's YouTube accounts that their whole entire account is based off trolling and based off just trying to find things about people that are negative. Right. That's all they do. Their whole account is just based off that, that, oh, this guy uh, didn't do this or this guy's doing that or this guy's a piece of shit or this guy's that, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And they make their, and there's 200,000 subscribers, 300,000 subscribers from their freaking mother's basement talking shit about people. 
You get me? Like, I don't understand that. They're talking shit about people that are actually going out there and trying to do something better, trying to better their life, however it is, you know? So do you it, recommend not validating them? Just letting it, just don't validate them? Um, How do you deal? Like, what's the best way to deal with it? Just It's hard, man. It's, it's, it's Listen, I could say that all day long, but it's it's very hard. The argument Even I made, catch myself. Yeah, the argument can be made that just talking about it is, is validating. But I don't think that's validating at all. It's like you're pointing out the fact that someone has... Whatever issues they have going on in their life, they seem to be projecting it out to talk shit about everyone else that they see being successful and actually living a good life. Who is that? Who is that? Somebody's talking about that he served with that he served with me when I was the Marines. That I was his team leader. I get it. Let me see. Who is that? I see it. Oh, I think it might be in my we'll in my page you. here. D Barros O three eleven. D Barros O three eleven. Go to the uh, go to the link on my last uh, story. He wrote on my on my thing. He goes, Tony was one of one of my team leaders back in the Marine Corps in '99 to 2000, when I was a when I was a boot. He was the same person then that he is now. Only Teal that made us bull made us bull in the ring. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I haven't that, changed, man. man. I haven't changed. I try to stay the same. I uh, the Marine Corps didn't fucking change me. Uh, me as a law enforcement officer didn't change me. I don't let nobody change me, man. I am who I am, and that that is you know, uh, that is uh who um, I'm always going to be. Hell yeah. So, moving on from the haters. We, you know, we start to see this progression and you start to grow and you start to develop into the business and the person you are. Um, I'm going to ask a question and I think everybody would be interested in your answer. Don't give me a specific person. Give me more of a description. Who's legit? Who's legit? What's legit? What's what the definition of legit? Because everyone, you know, what leads to some of the hate is, oh, he's not legit enough. He's not SWAT enough. He's not this enough. He's not that enough. What's legit? What makes someone legitimate? legit? What do you, what do you respect? You know what makes somebody legit to me? Making somebody legit is someone who stays in their lane. Stay in your lane. Do not perceive yourself to be something that you're not. Do not wear tactical clothing every single day. Do not wear MVGs. Do not wear a helmet every single day if you have never worn that in real life. Don't do that. That's not who you are. You know what I'm saying? If that's what you did in the military or that's what you did in law enforcement, then by all means, teach people what you, the knowledge that you have, the experience that you have, or whatever it may be. But don't play dress up. That's the problem that I have. Don't be somebody that you're not. Don't say, oh, I've done this many operations or I'm a, a subject matter expert. Subject, what is a subject matter expert? That's the fucking question that I have for everybody. You want to hear me rant? I'm going to rant about that. All right, let's go. All right? Let's, it, it. let's talk about subject matter expert. I've been doing this shit for 20 fucking plus years. And I learned every single day something new in the tactical industry, in the fitness industry, and whatever it is that it is. I'm pretty knowledgeable, I would, I would say. But I am no fucking expert in nothing. And anybody that tells you that they're a subject matter expert, fuck you. Fuck you. You know why? Because you're not an expert. Because I guarantee you there's about 30 or 40 more people in this world that know more than you, that have a more of a degree than you, and that have more experience than you. So why are you going to consider yourself a subject matter expert? Okay? That doesn't exist in my book. Anybody who says, oh, no, I'm a subject matter expert in this, I go, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, there's very knowledgeable people. Mm. And, and, and then what? And if, if you're knowledgeable, this is my thing. Yeah, you can have a degree. So what? You have a doctorate degree. So what? So how much experience do you have behind that doctorate degree? Just because you have a doctorate degree doesn't mean shit to me. You know what I'm saying? How many people have you operated on? 
Yeah, well, that's my point. You know yeah. what I mean? And and listen, don't don't get me wrong. I I commend you if you if you were able to stay in school and get a master's degree. I will not deny. And you get a doctorate degree, and you know your stuff. But the the the, the problem that I have is that just everybody's an expert nowadays. Oh, I'm an expert in this, or I'm an expert in that, and and this and this and this. Bro, I never claimed to be an expert of anything. You know, I'm telling you, and I when I teach or when I. Uh, teach my courses or anything that I teach I'm telling you this is what works for me this is what has worked for me for 20 plus years or this is what helped me save my life and helped to save the life of my teammates or whatever it may be I'm going to share that knowledge and that experience with you okay you take it however you want to take it my stuff is the way that I do it there's a thousand ways to skin a cat a thousand ways and any goddamn instructor that tells you otherwise he's full of fucking shit there is no one way to do anything in this tactical industry or the fitness industry and anybody that tells you that, you know what? Forget about it. Go ahead and get up, walk out, go back in your car, and leave the class. Because they're starting off on the wrong foot right off the back. That's my rant. Done. Amen. <laughs> you're, you're tired of the bullshit. Tired. Uh, yeah. All, you know, all, all joking aside, it's, it, that is a lot of yeah. truth wrapped into that in that rant. Um, you know, and it's affected us through the years and you know I, I've dealt with it on so many levels um, myself personally I know I know you have but uh, you know I mean people just they just have something to say and pe you know it's it, people are gonna talk whether you do bad or good oh, or yeah. have something oh, to say. Yeah. forget about it um, you know it's funny because we've been through so much what do you think of the tactical industry as a whole I think it's 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 great man uh, listen you have your goods and your bads, your good apples and your bad apples in every single industry. It doesn't matter whether it's tactical MMA or fitness or whatever they're in between there. Okay. Um, there's a lot of knowledgeable people, knowledgeable people out there that are teaching good tactics and good stuff. And the bottom line is you teach good people how to properly defend themselves, whether it's in, in uh, self-defense physically, hand-to-hand, -hand, or self-defense with a firearm. I don't care. As long as you're staying in your lane and you're teaching people the right things, there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as we continue to do that, you know, you're giving that person one more of a chance that if he does get robbed or that, that something does happen to him, he can save his life or the life of his family or anybody's life around him, you know, because he has the confidence, the ability and the, the knowledge that you gave him as an instructor to do that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's important. Do you think that, you know, some people just get a bad rap in the business? I know there's the shoot fast guys, there's the gun bunnies, there's all the frickin' terms we use. Do you think that um, some groups get kind of a, a bad rap within the industry, or do you think some of it's well-deserved with how they're pigeonholed? Because, I, you know, I've said it before, I, I think there's a lot of guys, we talked about this, they do things just, just for the gram, right? And I think that, that there's a lot of that out there. Do you feel that you know there's one group that's maybe you know put something positive out there that maybe it gets a bad rap yeah i, I, I see mean, it with females trying to train i mean there's a lot of females that try to get out there and they you know isabel being one she gets out there she trains puts the time and puts the work in and do you feel like some get a bad rap you listen yeah, yeah i don't care who you are i don't care if you're if you're out there training really legitimately training not just um and like I say, stay in your lane, not taking pictures with a gun and then saying that you're tactical. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. a big difference. If uh, you're out there taking courses and legitimate courses with legitimate instructors, then it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy. The bottom line is you're trying to, 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 learn, uh, uh, to learn the basics of firearms training and you're actually trying to do it the right way. 
you're not going to arrange with your buddy who has no idea what the hell he's doing and you're trying to learn something like that. You're actually going and taking a formal course from instructor and paying your own money to become better and to have more knowledge on a tool that can hurt someone. You know what I mean? And that's the bottom line. Uh, but yeah, they're going to get bad raps. It doesn't really matter. The thing is that this is my thing with the females. You're always going to get that. Don't go to a, a, a class, a technical class, wearing a thong or wearing these high, these high jean shorts, you know, and wearing a, a see-through, a tank top. There's no, there's no, in that point, you show up to one of my courses like that, you're going to go ahead, you're going to grab your stuff, you're going to get back inside your car, and you're going to go and get some real clothing and come back with some normal clothing. There's no, there's no area for that in the tactical realm. You know what I'm saying? None whatsoever. So don't come dressed like that because that's not what you're there to do. You can leave that for uh, your pictures at home or whatever, your selfies. You know what I'm saying? It's well said, actually. That's probably perfect. Yeah. Best way to put it. Uh, I think if you train... If you're going to be serious about it, be serious about it. And you put the time in, I think any good criticism can come. You know, I mean, sure. and that's that's positive stuff. I think that you got to just put the time in and put the effort in. Uh, and I think there's too much discouragement, Tony, in the, in the gun industry where people are like, oh, what are you doing? Or, oh, why are you doing that? Or like... That doesn't make any sense. You weren't in law enforcement. You weren't in the military. You know, uh, I feel, I've always felt, and, and Melinda and Jason know I feel, we're trying to, you know, Taryn talked about this. We're trying to expand this industry and grow this industry, and we're trying to show people there's a greater good we're trying to accomplish here. We're trying to show people that it's okay to want a gun permit. It's okay Absolutely. to want to purchase a firearm. Mm. It's okay. It's your American right yeah. as a citizen, to want to go and do that as a law-abiding citizen. 100%. Why do you have to be those things to be legitimate? No, absolutely not. I don't care who you are, whether you're ex-military, ex-law enforcement or not. Bottom line is you're trying to better yourself, period, period, period. Why does that stigma exist so much in the 2A industry? And in fitness, if you decide to join a gym and you're fat – People are like, oh, good for you. You know, you're trying to get in shape. We're happy for you. But in the 2A industry, the minute you say, I'm going to go get a concealed carry permit, and you feel good about yourself, and you put that out there, everybody starts saying, oh, my God, what are they doing? Well, make sure you get, go to this person, but not that person. Make sure you get this piece of gear, but not that thing. And make sure you do this, but mm -hmm. not that. If you do, then you're a loser. Why is that in this industry, and it's so juvenile in this industry, I, I will never understand why that exists. Because it's just how it is, man. It's like that in every industry. It's just not tactical. It's like that in every industry. Listen, at the end of the day, do you. Mm -hmm. Period. Do you. Worry about what you're doing, like I said before. What makes you happy, that's what's important. If you training guns makes you happy, then go do it. And anybody else who has anything negative to say about it, then you don't Fuck need them em. in your life. Fuck them. Yeah, you don't need them in your life. We have a great question from Assassin Ragnar. I like the name. Is it possible to become an ambassador for Real World Tactical in another country? For example, Serbia. An ambassador? <laughs> Dude, could he come audition with you, Tony? I've seen some ambassador? crazy questions come by the board, but are you uh, open to a Serbian ambassador? Dude, uh, listen, you, I'm, this I'm, is an opportunity for you. I'm, 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 open, I'm open to anyone that is willing to support Real World Tactical. It doesn't matter where you're from. So, There's no, listen, I'm an equal opportunist. Assassin Ragnar, you are appointed. From. Um, uh, official ambassador of so seven one seven. Tony's training is open to everyone. Um, so there's some good questions coming through. Uh, Sam, do you want to take a minute and plug the contest one more time before we get into kind of the last segment? Yeah. Uh, 
last 30 minutes or so. All right, folks, for those of us that are just joining us, we are giving away a standard rifle in this episode, and you must be watching to win. All right, here is how you enter that giveaway. Go to our latest post on Instagram, and you'll see a beautiful shot of Tony wearing his plate carrier there in the Behind the Flame logo. If you swipe to right there to the left, you'll see... Excuse me, to the right, you'll see Guys, a picture of the standard go to rifle. Behindtheflame.com. Behindtheflame.com is our website. It's a website, show. yes, and the link is there, correct? The link is there. To enter the contest, you will need to be watching today's episode. Comment on our latest post on Instagram and on Tony's latest post on Instagram. His Instagram, of course, as My you story. should know, is at Real World Tactical. Yeah. Tag a friend in both those. Repost the Falcor picture to your feed using the hashtag Tony Standard. And leave a review on the uh, iTunes podcast app for us while you're at it with your Instagram handle in the comments, and we'll pick a winner after the episode. Interesting. There you go. A standard rifle and uh, maybe a real world tactical swag. So we've covered a f uh, quite a few topics, and you know, we, I said we were going to go long to everybody on YouTube and everyone watching. We are going to go a little long. Um, how the hell did we become friends along the way? That's the million-dollar question I think some people would want to know. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I'll give some people some insight into Tony and I's relationship. Um, you know, we're very close. We've traveled together. We spent a lot of time together going to shows. It's not easy dealing with John Bartolo for four years. <laughs> so, you know, I think people often wonder. It's a little bit of an enigma sometimes, you know, uh, how we form this. Everybody in this office understands that. This friendship. <laughs> but, you know, I'll touch on it for a minute because it, it, it speaks to the next point. But we, we, we became, we, you know, we kind of formed this friendship. And I think it was through a mutual respect and it's something I'd like to see more in this industry and, and I think it was built on respecting each other's lane you know uh, Tony I say it to people all the time similar to Branch I always knew where I sat in the car and I think I always knew where Tony sat in the car and Branch and certain folks and I use the example of car because it's something I've shared in my story a lot Everybody's trying to go in the same direction in life. People want to be successful. They want to do good things. They want to accomplish things. And I think some people never understood that when you have that mutual respect for somebody and you respect somebody's lane and what they're doing and understand, you know, I know, Tony, you've had to explain to people in the past the role that I play in your life and the role that I play in business and everything else. I think people don't fully wrap their head around where everybody fits and where the puzzle pieces fit and how we complement each other as, as friends and, and what friendship really is. And I don't think people understand that and that's something that causes people to get into pissing contests. Yeah. And I think people get into these pissing contests. I think that the thing that everybody really fails to, to understand is the fact of uh, we're a team. It's a team. Everybody tries to help each other out in that team. If everybody understands that, regardless of what your position is in that team, everybody's going to eat. There's food for everybody. As long as everybody works in that team, works hard, and we're all going to the same place, and you work as a team, you're always going to be successful. The problem is, is that most of the time the teams end up, one guy wants to do this, and one guy wants to do that, and then the and team ends up breaking up, or you end up having people that think wrong of what other people are doing, or want to be in the driver's seat at that moment, or whatever they do may be, and then that's where everything goes to shit. That's what I think. I think that's incredibly well said again. Hold on, I have to, I have to, because, yeah, Richard. Yeah, what are they? 726 CST SWAT, Richard Q, 2567 on my live. That's Richard from the class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's up, dog? 
What's Miss up, you, bro? Rich? Miss you too. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's crazy because going through the the journey that we went through in this business, we touched on you know the two A community, and we'll touch on fitness for a minute. The fitness ride has been crazy. It's been crazy for both of us, kind of bridging these two worlds. We took so much heat. It's like, oh, you know, he just wants to do fitness, so he just wants to lift weights, so he just wants to do this. How do you feel about the merger of fitness and the tactical world? Do you feel that they go hand in hand? Do you feel like the two worlds have a natural, you know, because I've said it before that I, I think there's no other world that we can go into. And again, this speaks to the greater good. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about, is expanding that greater good that there's no other industry you can go into with the firearms culture and they're very accepting, they're very open. You know, there's yeah. nobody that isn't like, hey, you know, Tony, I want to train with you. Or, hey, you know, I want to shoot a gun. And what I try to tell everybody is this, and this is something I know Sam, in, in, this is about, about a bigger picture. This is about getting, you know, whether it's the NRA or whatever, making this pie bigger as a whole. Yeah. And now you see guys like JJ and Shane and people lifting weights and posting it. This, is, this isn't about... Just I want to be a fitness model, or I want to be this, or I want to be that. This is about a bigger piece of pie, people. Yep. How do you feel about you know people that you know hate on that, or just you know have shit to say, or the fitness world and the tactical world kind of that merger and that natural? Uh, I think that uh, uh, fitness and firearms training is is hand goes hand in hand, one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's my personal opinion. Just like hand-to-hand uh, -hand combatives is, and the fitness world and firearms training goes hand-in-hand-to-hand. -hand -hand. Those three things are endeavors of three things that you should train yourself in uh, just because it's a combination of all three things. Uh, to be properly prepared as a human being in self-defense or situational awareness, so on and so forth. So, yeah, uh, it, whoever hates on it, obviously, is just because they don't want to do fitness. Or well, they're fat. Do or they're fat and out of shape. Um, mm -hmm. um, and there's this, and there's nothing wrong with being fat, okay? There's no, I, I don't knock anybody for being fat. You know, I'm, I'm a fat heart, uh, fat we person at heart. I say that, but I get I picked love, on the I most. Love, I love my, uh, my uh, desserts, and I love pizza, and I love, and everybody's always asking me, it's like, oh, you know, how come, uh, how come you're, 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 you don't have a six pack, and how about this shit? And I was like, oh, well, I, I, like to, I like to eat, motherfucker. Yeah. So you're not a model? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I, I was, listen, I, and I tell people all the time, I was like, listen, my, my, page and my social media and my training is not about having a six pack. It's not, it's a, it's performance based. Mm. Uh, what is my weight and what is my performance according to that weight in regards to what I can do? So having a six pack, we have, we have a clip is, real quick of what you can do. It's not uh it's not going to help. Oh well, yeah. We'll play a quick we clip. A compilation this, there. this is, what is this? This is a compilation of yeah, like, uh, you've got a question about what, whether or not Tony's got a six pack anybody. or not. Look at this. You gotta be good at smiling. You have to know how to smile. Smile when they tell you you're gonna fail. Smile when they say you're not good enough. Smile when they make fun of your dreams. Smile when they say that you're crazy. Smile when they tell you that your dream is never gonna work. Because at the end, when you succeed, when you were better than good enough, when your dream came true, when your craziness made you successful, and everything you said finally worked. That is what they're going to remember. That smile. Through every wall you hit, through every single setback you had, you never quit. At that moment, 
every single person that didn't believe in you will realize that you're unbreakable. I, best advice I can give anybody. You gotta be good at smiling. That was fun. I think you have to know. How I to think smile. that should be. Yeah. Smile when they tell you I, you're gonna fail. I absolutely think that that should be required listening for anyone before they hate. Like just as you're about to hate, you should be forced to listen to, to that. To watch that video. To watch that video, <laughs> yeah. and it might stop you for a second. But I will say this: Am I still the fat one of the group, or did you take over? Um, yeah, you, you, you listen, you got, you leaned down, bro. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I, hey, I ain't going to knock on you. You did good. You did good. I had a, I had a brief stint I'm 240, there. 245 right now. So, I mean, I'm Bullshit, sitting at my... Bullshit, you're 240, 245. I swear Bullshit, to God. Bullshit, look at the scale up. We're going to put the go live with that shit. Suresh is giving out secrets there on Suresh the YouTube. Suresh is fake weights. So, fake weights. Fake weights is an inside joke. Yes. So... The, I, I, listen, I, I love the people that tell me I, I use fake waste. This is going to be another one of my fucking rants here. Let me tell you something. <laughs> go right? on, go Let on. me tell you about my little rant here, my little fake weights bullshit. Come train with us. Okay. I train around the country in I don't even know how many damn gyms I train with. And all with how many freaking, people? With how many freaking people. And every single lift I've ever done on my social media, I have it on Instagram, on fucking Facebook, on YouTube, in different gyms in, with different professional athletes, some, some which are considered some of the best in the world, for you, for anyone to claim that I've ever used fake waste. So what, so what do you want me to do? So you want me to have, I have this guy, right, and he follows me around to all these different cities and all these different states, and he has fake weights. And then I have to order my fake weights from him every Secret single time I go to every go single to. different gym, right? And then I get the, all these fake weights because I have to make sure that the weights are the same exact of that gym, whatever weights <laughs> they have, okay? And then I have to get them and I have to, I'm going to have to bring them in, you know? So I'm going to have to carry whatever 700 pounds of fake weights that I have into this fucking it's gym. It's a conspiracy! It, it, it's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Well, you know, just to rattle off the list, I know your list is a little longer than mine, but we've trained with Guy Sisterino, Branch Warren... I mean, how many other else? I've, I've trained with yourself. I've trained with Diego. I've trained with, you know, there's a multitude of fucking people out there. I know you can name 10 more fucking people, yeah, Matt, through the years. All these people in different gyms, whether, yeah, that's like saying, okay, hey, Brian Dobson, the weights in Metroflex are fake. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering, no, yeah. shout out to Metroflex. You know, it's in or destination. Hey, to the entire yeah. Gasp team at destination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, change out your oh, weights. By the way, yeah, yeah. When when Tony let me can... let me put my whole entire reputation online because I want to yeah. show I'd... that I can lift a hundred pounds more than I can. Bro, listen, I lift what I lift, and I'm by no means even close to being a, one of the strongest anywhere in this country because there's guys that blow me out of the water. Oh yeah, that's not my thing. The str I do strength because I like it. It's, it's my way of p pushing my threshold in regards to the, through the three basic lifts, you know, the three minute lifts, you know. Yeah, and I don't lift know. heavy at all yeah, anymore. It, and, and I do it, but I have to stay, and this is what I explain to people all the time, for my height and weight, I have to stay mobile. I have to stay, I have to keep my cardio up, my explosive, my speed, and that's what's more important to me than the other stuff, um, than the strong, you know, lifts of squatting or deadlifting. That's just my hobby. I, that's why I say I'm a part-time power lifter. You know, it, that's, not, that's not my main goal. By no means, you know. Do I try to get better every year, a little bit better every year? Yeah, of course, because you have to have some kind of goals. If you lose in, in, in whatever you're doing, I don't care in life, period, whether you're at a job, whether you're at home, whether whatever it is that you're doing, you have to have some form of goals. If you don't have goals, 
to become a little bit better every single month or every single day or every single year, then you're never going to be able to accomplish not even half of what you, you would be able to as a human being, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, and anything that you're doing in life, period. You have to have some form of goals, something. When you wake up in the morning. <laughs> if you don't have goals, and I don't think if you don't have direction or you don't have a, a way of attacking the day, I think you suffer as a person and you become a little bit like, you know, kind of kind of dead inside. You have to have something that you're always striving to do. I mean, like when I got here, I was like, okay, you know, I get sucked into these different things. I start, you know, there's the sheriff's department, there's jujitsu, there's this. Pretty soon I'm embedded in the fucking community and now I'm doing all this other bullshit. And then there's the podcast, and you, you have to have constant motivators. And I, and I know Derek's constantly motivated by different things, and Jason is psychotic about certain things, you know. Literally. You, you, yeah, you have to have motivators. You have to know when to turn it on and turn it off, which leads me to my next question. How do you unplug? I know, because I know you, this is fucked up. You, you share a similar love as I do for movies. You love going to the movies. You love watching movies. Is that your best way to unplug? Is is head in the movie theater or, you know, kind of kind of diving into that? You, you you enjoy that. I mean, people often wonder, I'm sure, how you unplug, and you're not always jumping around and lighting yourself on fire and strapping tires to your ass. How 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 do you um? How I'm do a you big unplug? I'm a big dinners and movies fan. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a movie buff, man. I love movies. I love them. What's the uh, best movie you've seen recently? Recently? Yeah. We just saw a good one last night. What did you guys go see? The, we didn't go see anything. We just watched yeah, it. We watched the first that first Purge. purge. It's the very underrated. Purge. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really good movie. It was pretty good. It's not, it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't bad. Tony but, brought up an interesting point this morning, or just made an interesting comment that kind of stuck out to me, because um, we know everyone in the Falls John on social media knows that he doesn't sleep, and he's up at like fucking 3 o'clock every morning doing yeah. shit. But Tony was like, this is a little early for me. Usually in Miami, he's getting up. He said, you said you get up around 9, 9.30. Yeah. Well, I usually get up, be like, wow, how can you sleep in that late and still be successful? Well, because I go to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning every, every <laughs> night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I go to sleep at 2. Yeah, I'm a night guy. He's yeah. on the Melinda schedule. Yeah, yeah. I he's usually, I usually go to sleep um, depending on the day, sometimes 2, it, 2 or 3 in the morning. It's I, I do a lot more work at nighttime. That makes sense. Uh, because um, during the daytime, I do therapy, um, train, eat, you know, doing all, especially when I'm home. When I'm traveling, my schedule's all messed up, but uh, when I'm home, those are my usual things during the daytime and at nighttime, like, I'll do emails and I'll work on the computer, do, like, social media stuff, so I'm up till late, you know, so then I'm, sense, so. Yeah. I'm sure the next 48 hours he'll drive me fucking nuts with his sleeping and everything else, and it's tough. Dude, he's gonna be knocking it, on your door tomorrow morning, like, at Well, I knocked on his door this morning, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? It's 7.30. I'm like, I've been up for three hours. Fuck this. Hey, Mark, Mark Pulver, he goes, I do Zoom but to stay at operator level my man listen zumba ain't no joke bro i'm gonna tell you right now if you your cousin full class of 45, like a world-class zumba instructor or something my, no my cousin no she's a spartan racer a spartan racer. there's a reason those latina chicks that dance all the time look yeah. so good yeah. yeah just like cycling cycling's another one that if you ever do a whole class like 60 minutes of cycling i don't care who you are you're gonna be sore the next day you're gonna be in a world of shit so i'm telling you yeah. don't, don't fake on that stuff you know? So, so then, you know, circling back as we as we kind of get close, because we're coming up on what Derek, an hour and twenty. Um, yeah, we're an hour so, and twenty already. Yeah, wow. we haven't covered shit either. I know. So, so you talk too much. It's I didn't say you. You went on three minutes. You went on three different minutes. So. Thank so, you, Tony, for pointing that out. Yes, it's taking us twenty-something episodes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you all go for it. All right, well, go. Start so, asking. Start doing. Start. 
Do your job. So in the firearms business, we circle back, we go all the way. It finally took a while for us to work together. When I got here at, at Falcor, I think um, it was a foregone conclusion that at some point we would be able to bring this all together. But it's been exciting to bring you into this. What do you think of uh, you know coming over and, and being a part of this family and being a part of this group here? And, and you know, everybody in Falcor is just a bunch of douchebags. I can't stand any of them. Uh, <laughs> no, and uh, listen. Um, when you came to Falcor, uh, you know, one of my biggest things was the standard. Remember, I told you I wanted a rifle that was going to be, was going to cater to the average person and the average uh, police officer, uh, someone that could afford uh, a rifle that was affordable, $1,500 to $2,000, a mid-range rifle that I can put it in anybody's hands. You know me as, uh, as an instructor, I've, I've, I've always tried to keep my rifles you know, under a certain amount of money just because I didn't want to run a rifle that the average person couldn't afford. Uh, once um, you guys uh, listened uh, to my input and, and helped me uh, design the standard with you guys, uh, you know, and, and it, it was phenomenal. You know, the standard is probably uh, the best rifle on the market right now for um, the price that you're, you're getting for it, number one. Number two, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to be with a company that's so family-oriented. Uh, you know, and and uh, and having you and Jason and Melinda, it's 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 to be able to work with individuals that understand um, how important it is uh, as as a community or as like as a family. That's that's key because when you work with companies, and I work with quite a few, uh, it's very important for you to work with these companies for a long time. If you have any sponsors, you have any companies that you partner with, you want this to be a marathon. Uh, it's definitely not a sprint. And when you have people that are like-minded like yourself, uh, it's a lot easier, and they understand. Plus, you know, um, I'm, I always look for individuals that have the same form of mindset as I do. And uh, both Melinda and Jason went through one of my courses. So, you know, it, they showed me that they have the mindset. Put your money what where it your takes. mouth is. That's what fucking a, a, a yes. Put your money where your mouth is. And they both passed it, you know, with flying colors, and, and they left it all on that on that field that training day so i and they earned my respect that day period okay, uh, i would have stay quiet or no i i was just letting i was thinking yeah I'm, I'm not so <laughs> let me digest that I, just take I, it then just I, take I, it in i appreciate it, the answer i thought it was just gonna be hey you were over there and i figured what the fuck but <laughs> but no it's it's we love having you and i know to jason and melinda when we went into the standard, uh, it, it was really important for all of us as a company, not just them running your course, to put the company behind the law enforcement training that you do and that LEO training is something that's really important because you don't have to go far in Falcor to find that training is really important, whether it's Derek at times, Austin, you know, Jason, myself, Mel, uh, Jacob, we're always trying to train. Uh, and taking training very seriously is something that's near and dear to this company's heart and always will be. There's always been a training element to this company. And when you were doing the law enforcement training, and that was a concept we talked about it when, we, when we came together. How many years did it take me to get that together? Two I years? I know. And we were, we were like, we're in. You know, yeah. we're in. And, uh, and that's something we'd always love to support and, and be behind in any capacity because I think that it's an underserviced market and I think, we, you know, uh, not enough companies do that. I don't see a lot of companies put their money where their mouth is no. and get behind something like that that you do. And it's not something you do for a lot of congratulations either. And people don't realize yeah. that. You know, you put on a free 
complimentary law enforcement training once a, once year. a year that's open and I know you you try to stuff as many people as you can in that yeah. you know um, you know it went off perfectly with the exception of Boatgate but it went off perfectly <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's, that's an even deeper inside yeah, story yeah, that, yeah. Boat, that we all had to sit around for I like said an that hour to Suresh, to hashtag Boatgate um, so Jay Jay Oatman says you guys are so much more inspiration for me to work harder on getting myself in shape thank you so much I feel the same way let me say that real quick everyone knows that I'm the dude around here that's out of shape as fuck you hide it well but the more that we talk about it, the more I'm like man I really need it like I gotta go in there and do some weights man Listen. Well, now John's doing jujitsu and stuff, so he's like, not only was he kind of already able to kick my ass, now he can really definitely kick now, my but, ass. But, you know, th this is something, Sam, you've figured out about me through the years because we've been friends a while now. Mm -hmm. um, I will never stop. Period. No. Never. Period. What? Training? Doing anything. I don't care. You oh. know me well enough, Tony. You know I'll get my ass kicked, I'll get my ass handed to me. I don't give a fuck. Well, we offline, guys. No, we offline. We're working it. Don't worry. No. Work that. Work it. It's, we're still recording, by the way. Oh, okay. We're still recording. We're fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, get off the internet, Austin. So it's all your fault. Yeah. No, what are we doing here? We're coming back. We're coming back. It's still recording. Everyone off the internet now. So, <laughs> Jason's like, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> no, we're back. Um, yeah, no, I will never stop training. One thing about me, Jay, uh, you know, I can't, I know Tony's a, a ferocious. I will never, I've said this before, and actually Tony Pignato said this, so I got to give him credit. Uh, I'm very okay with the people that are better at me than a lot of things, but yeah. I'll always keep keep grinding and always yeah. keep doing something new and something different and something I'll what never. That called? That's called goals. Yeah, I mean, it's just for me, it's just like, you know, when someone puts a challenge to me, you know, there's a lot of people out there. It's funny because I've dealt with a fucking myriad of haters out there. But like when they when Branch Warren was like, "Hey, come train with me," I'm like, "Fuck it, Tony, let's go." When Tony was like, "Come train with me," I'm like, "Fuck it, let's go." When uh, Ruben was like, "Go do jujitsu," I'm like, "Fuck it, let's go." I mean, I'm not sure what I have to do to prove people wrong, but maybe I got to strap a rocket to my ass and shoot myself to the Something moon. Like I'm not sure, but uh, you know, I've never backed down from from anything. I just I just don't choose to take my fights to the internet. I just keep doing me and keep pushing forward. Yeah, that's so. it. That's, that's all you it. can do. So, you know, we've covered so much, but we've covered nothing. It's crazy. You know, there's so much we could get into. What? What do you say? Oh, you can't get it back up or we're recording still? Oh, beautiful. We're having internet issues. We're having slight internet malfunctions. Why? Maybe because we went too long? No. No, I think... Uh, we have a lot of interaction going on with the feed. I think that the feed we got a lot yeah. of technical things plugged in over here. I mean, <laughs> fucking look at this wild ass nest of wires over here. Derek, how do we fix the feed? Is there is there a check we can write? Is there something we can do? <laughs> Fiber Jason, Jason just spent Jason's fit to be tied. Him and Melinda spent more on fiber optics than they spent on the gardener, yeah, and that's no. another inside joke. Hey! So. Oh man. Um, I've not heard that one yet. Looking forward to hearing that tonight. Yeah, that'll be a good story. Melinda could fucking redo Foxborough Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> the backyard looks like the backyard looks like the way the fucking Giants play. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, is it uh, is it odd that our uh, gardening bill is fifteen thousand dollars?" I'm like, "No, that's fucking normal." <laughs> That's that's standard. That's, that's standard. <laughs> and no big Jason was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What laughs> <the fuck?" laughs> oh, 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, the old Ben goes damn trolls again. Some stuff's trying to come through. Uh, Suresh did think that it was the uh, boat gate Illuminati. The boat gate, that took the down Illuminati. The Jason was the ringleader of Boatgate. Oh, Throw was it. he now? Are you? Re- oh, is this the behind the scenes? This is behind, behind the, flame? the flame, way behind the flame. Okay, so we're still recording. This is what we're doing while, uh, yeah, we're still recording. We're still recording. Yeah. But Joe, you can chime in. Go ahead. Oh, there it is. Yeah, this bow, this bow that's what they were doing. <laughs> Jason was yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, it was because Tony wanted everyone to go help up the range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and so else, okay. They to go on let's boats. break this boat gate down. What's the boat gate? Very no, simple. Wait, wait, Jason. Okay, Jason, it's very simple. Here. The only guy that stuck by me and actually asked if I needed any help to set up this free law enforcement class of thirty bodies, okay, was Suresh. All right, Suresh was the only one who actually oh said, hey, Tony, God. do you need any help? So 2 2 be tactical. You're my boy. I love you, you know. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, actually, he did. He, that's right. You're right. You're, Jacob, that's right. You're the other, the other one that I said if I needed any help. Everybody else was too damn busy on a boat in the regatta, okay, drinking beers while I was in the hot-ass sun in Miami setting no stuff drinks. up by myself. Number by one, myself, no one drinks. Me, I'll tell until the day of class, and they decided they wanted to join me again. So that's to, what the boat gate was. Everyone so yes, hear, everyone should hear the real story. Number one, that nobody is, drinks. That is definitely the Number real two, story. We flew in action targets. You can't get more support putting the targets up than flying in a fucking company to put the targets up. All right, here's Jason. Well, I did offer. I did ask John if everything was all covered, Tony, and he said that. Oh, yeah, everything's great. It's, it's perfect. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Tony's got it. He's now, got it all. Now I know what it's like to get thrown under the bus. To everyone on YouTube, we can still see everyone's questions. They're kind of slowly coming through. But I know we're recording, and, uh, and we covered so much. We're just we're not live. But uh, Basically, you're going to have to uh, tune into the iTunes feed. After yeah, you'll have to tune into the iTunes feed, and it's still recording. So let's do this. Um, let's start to wrap. We've covered so much. Uh, well, maybe, you know, Jason, you were up there. Do you have any questions for Tony or no? You want to chime in with something while you're up there? Yeah, you know, uh, I thought it was very interesting when you were speaking about uh, doing business with others. And I remember we were in a hotel room back in Las Vegas. John, I think you were there too. Of course I was. It was lunch. And we are talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, our relationship when you're coming on with Falcor mm. and uh, – one of the questions I asked was, you know, your other business relationships. And, and of course, you were doing some work uh, with some others. And you made it, you really sold me on a, I asked the question when you could ever come over to Falcor or ever entertain that. And, and you gave me a response that I really respected you when you said it. You said, you know what, I, I, I'm with these guys. They're great people. I got to finish my, my, my. My, my obligations to them. 100%, yeah. And, you know, and I really appreciate that because it told me a lot about you. Mm. And, you know, once you once you get to know people, there's people in your position that would just chase the money, would yeah. chase the opportunity, and, and, and you didn't. And it, it meant a lot. So that was, a, that was a really cool moment for me. And it was just, it was, it was just matter of fact. So... Great character, great integrity. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, there's a couple things you have in this life. Uh, Number one, loyalty, obviously. Business-wise, it's very important to have. Um, Number two, respect. 
you try to treat everybody with respect, uh, treat everyone uh, how you would like to be treated. And, um, you know, when you talk to people, try to look them in the eye. You know what I'm right. saying? Uh, be, uh, be straightforward. Uh, I've caught a lot of heat for being a straightforward individual, uh, meaning I don't hold any punches. I'm going to tell you how I feel, uh, the way that I feel, you know. And, uh, uh, but I don't think I'll ever change when it comes to that fact because at least you know what you're getting. And I tell that all the time. I was like, uh, you know, I'd rather be straightforward with somebody and tell them straight up what's going on than to, you know, lie to their face and then turn around and stab them in the back or just do something else different, you know. Mm. Uh, you're better off just being straightforward with somebody, even, even if it's going to hurt them or even if they're not going to like the answer. But at least they know what they're getting. They right. know that they're always going to, you know, going to have that straightforward answer, you know. And so, you know, it, it, everybody in life makes choices. Uh, that company that I was with, they were, they were a good company. They were good. We ended up parting ways uh, for whatever reasons that, that it was. Uh, you know, uh, that, that was my choice and the person, the other person's, you know, the other company's choice. Uh, and then uh, led me to this, led me to Falcor, you know what I mean? Which right. was uh, something that I think eventually was going to happen anyways, just from, you know, uh, from the relationship that we had, you know. Right. So. But uh, <clears throat> the other thing is, is, you know, your training and, uh, you know, uh, it was very hard. Uh, very challenging and uh, and uh, you know one thing that you do is is you know you you're hard and you know when you go in there and you do these classes and you and you do this physical activities that you impose on people you know I think when you walk away from that um, it's the truth and you know where you stand when it comes to your skills you know where you stand when it comes to your conditioning and uh, much respect because a lot of people, you know, they see videos and yeah, they're, they're real, but when you're in it, it is something else. And uh, I encourage anyone out there, um, not just because Tony is a face of our company, but he's so much bigger than that. And uh, I would encourage you to look him up, follow him. And of course, if you can get into his classes, I highly recommend that you do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's well said, Jason. Yep. I agree. Um, and I know, you know, the live feed went down, but we'll start, we'll start to wrap uh, on this. We're probably going to need a second part to this act at some point because I think we could go on and on. Um, thank you for coming out. It, it was mean, a pleasure, man. It means it was, a lot. It was a lot of fun um, here uh, with you guys. It's always, it's always a lot of fun. It's just not your first time, is it? Uh, to oh, come yeah. in here to to uh, to actually to, to the, the shop. physical yeah. plant, yeah. To the physical plant, it is. Ooh, wow. The thing is, is that I can only come here certain types of the year. Obviously, you know. <laughs> this is a little me, late for you. That me and cold weather do not go hand in hand. <laughs> and I you know, feel me. Yeah, I know man. we have you know a couple days of not just training, but we'll be doing some recording and some stuff. But you and I will get to spend some time together, and I think we'll spend a little time in Pennsylvania. And I know you'll spend some time with the team, so you're going to get you know a, a whole. A whole chunk of Falcor, Falcorization, if you will. Um, I can't thank you enough for your friendship the last few years. Um, oh, you've been I'm not. I'm gonna cry. You should. You should. I'm gonna cry. You're gonna. All right. You know what? Up. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I love you, brother. I love you too, and I, I appreciate. Close my eyes. <laughs> 
and I and I appreciate you know everything we've been through and people don't understand and I know Melinda and Jason and and Sam's been on the shows you go through a lot of bullshit in this business and uh, and and it's tough to find good people that are real people that that are loyal and that do stick by you and that support you and that are behind you 110 percent and understand the things that you go through and what shapes you so it means a lot as not just Falcor but as as a friend to have you out here and to have you spend some time with me I will never share a room with you again because of the snoring. I'm going to put that out there. But uh, yes, I am a very bad snorer. But I got to get a CPAP. Anybody have CPAPs? They can let me. Hey, I'm. I'm Tony, give it to me. Tony's looking for a Darth Vader mask. Yes. But I love you, and I'll always uh, support anything that you do. And uh, I think that it's it goes without saying that ridiculous but it's it's a huge <laughs> <laughs> that's the music and that's the cue it's a huge honor to have you out here uh where can people find you where can people find you know real world tactical and, and plug anything you want to plug and think okay anything? so um, instagram is at real world underscore tactical um and also i have a, a backup page tony uh at tony underscore sentiment uh facebook is real world tactical as well youtube pretty much you just put in my name uh, you know, you can Google me. Uh, you Google and it comes up and everything will come up on the Google. So it's pretty easy. It's not that. You just have to spell it right. Real world. Tactical. Uh, if somebody has questions about classes, things like that, is DM the best place? Or email? Uh, yeah. Uh, email probably. Uh, my courses for next year are not up on the website yet. Um, I am revamping the whole website um, in the next month or so. So um, it should be up hopefully by... November, December timeframe, most of my courses. I will be traveling next year for seminars and for tactical training, so stay tuned for that. Nice. Beautiful. Um, I want to thank, take a minute to thank Melinda and Jason again for allowing us to do this and the podcast and everything and all its possibilities and having you out. Uh, thank you guys, genuinely. And um, thank the team in here for putting this together. We got a, we got a lot of stuff we're going to get to today. We're going to cover a lot. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Sam for the closing remarks and the contest right. rules and everything. Yep. We're going to thank our sponsors. We're going to do the uh, last uh, round for the giveaway and a little update on the website as well. So for those of you that are listening to our <clears throat> rather iTunes podcast, if you want to thank our episode sponsors today, the main sponsor being Kenzie's Optics, 221B Tactical, Bang Energy, Mark Bell Slingshot, Taurus USA, and of course, the ever-delicious Chick-fil-A Kalispell, the only Chick-fil-A in the state of Montana. Those guys rock. Bang. Our new bang, I said bang. Dude, I got them all. Kenzie's 221B, Bang Energy, Mark Bell, Slingshot, Taurus USA, and Chick-fil-A Kalispell. Good. Those can all be find, found at the new Behind the Flame podcast website. Wow, I have my phone on Do Not Disturb. My phone's ringing right now. There we go. Our BehindTheFlame.com. That gives you all the individual episodes linked as well as the videos to those, all the distribution channels, which you can go on your smart device and listen to Behind the Flame being streamed live or the pre-recorded episodes. All that stuff's there at BehindTheFlame.com. And, of course, with this episode, we are giving away a standard rifle, which was designed in conjunction with Tony Semenot from Real World Tactical. To enter that giveaway, head over to our Instagram page and Tony's Instagram page. Like the most recent post and tag a friend. Reshare the post from Falcor Space to your feed using the hashtag TonyStandard. And Austin and I will pick a winner this afternoon. We're going to announce it at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. All right? 
That's it for this episode, guys. We have an episode later this week featuring Clint Hansen from Ballistic Advantage. We're very excited to have him in the house here at Falcor Defense. We'll see you guys later this week on Behind the Flame.